went to Arizona State. Right. I'm a sun devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Bereldis, an Arizona sports podcast. Hello and welcome into an emergency edition of the State of the Sun Devils podcast here on Arizona Sports. Mitch Vareld is here, Jeremy Schnell and Jesse Morrison currently on assignment, so I have the great Kevin Zimmerman, one of our lead editors with Arizona Sports, filling in because we could not wait any longer to talk about the news that came down today, Kevin. Ray Anderson stepping down from his position as vice president of university athletics. Let's just start with your initial reaction when you saw the news. Man, uh, long time coming, I guess. Uh, For us, I mean, obviously the fan base had been calling for this from a general perspective for a long time. Um, From a media perspective, we had been waiting on this for a long time. The countless issues they've had, we can get into in a little bit. Yeah, uh, they've just added up, and, and I, I just think that it was time. Maybe the timing is odd, just because it's coming off their best win of the season, football wise, yada yada. But yeah, I mean, it's not unexpected by any means. It's just overdue. So let's do a quick nuts and bolts check here, and by that I mean, so all right, what does this mean? So he's he's resigned immediately. He's done. He's left this position. Uh, He said in the statement released by the university, it has been a privilege to serve as ASU's athletic director for nearly a decade. We have entered an unprecedented era where the number and magnitude of changes in the college sports landscape are astounding. As I approach 70, these are not matters that my leadership would be able to corral during my tenure. Continuity of leadership will be needed, and I'm choosing to step aside to let the university find that leader, which (laughs) I'm putting it nicely, but succinctly. I don't like how the world is changing around me, so I quit. That's kind of how I read it. I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, I mean, it's oddly self-aware, but it's self-aware in that I'm not changing, you know? And and that's what we saw. Um, I think ASU's tone has changed in the past maybe year um, in time, but they were slow to get on NIL, complained about it, complained about transfer portal things, complained about how college sports is going, which, look, it, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. Um, I think I always go to Lane Kiffin, who is honest about not liking things necessarily, but yeah. he's also very open about, look, we're we're going to play the game. We're going to do it. I don't like it. It, it doesn't create culture on the program. Um, the money is what it is. We're helped by boosters, and that's what it is. If if I want to have success and do this thing, then that's what I got to accept. And I thought ASU's just reluctance to even admit that like you have to do that to remain competitive was odd, and it ultimately doomed them because it's also hypocritical, right? At least from the football perspective, um, just <laughs> they're embroiled in their roster right this year is bad because um, they cheated allegedly in the former staff and that's where they are because they couldn't recruit and they couldn't keep up with this so i I just think there are a lot of layers to this especially when you consider football but that's the main revenue generator and that's what this comes down to you know it's crazy too and the way that he phrased it in his in his quote in his release it almost sounds like yeah i'm gonna quit but what i fear and i brought this up when burns and gamble were talking about it earlier today 
is he, he's probably just going to f- try and find some other job, right? Like, I don't take it that Ray Anderson is the kind of guy that's just going to leave this position and be like, yep, I'm, I'm good. I'm done with life. That's how it's going to be. I feel like he's going to find something else to do. But I feel like that's a, a cruddy thing to do because if you wanted to keep working, then you would actually try hard in the position that you currently have that you were in no danger of losing anytime soon. You got an extension after 2021. Like, I don't know what the future holds for him, but if it ends up just with him in another position, I'm going to be furious because you're supposed to be like the catalyst, like the leader behind everything that's changing. You're supposed to be supportive of everything that's happening. And I love that you brought up Lane Kiffin because he's kind of the perfect example of, as you said, I hate it, but I'm going to do it because it's going to make us better in the long run. Yeah, I mean, if you're an ASU fan, I, I don't know if you're necessarily distraught by this news. No, no, no. I mean, everyone was very excited about it because they want fresh blood in there. They want someone who understands and is willing to do these things. Um, and that, uh, to your point, Lane Kiffin is a football coach, right? We know, like, these football coaches, they're lifers. They will do it at the D1 level in the SEC. If they get fired there, they will probably go to um, – an FCS school and do it and love it the same. If they don't do well there, they could probably do it in high school and enjoy it. Like that, that profession, I think those coaches are lifers. Um, Ray Anderson obviously isn't an AD lifer. He's had a lot of different um, job descriptions. You know, he's has a lawyer background. He's worked as a um, representative in the NFL. He's worked in the league like circles. So I just think that, yeah, he's not a lifer in this and maybe it soured on him and I I can't fault him for that, but it it did. It is an interesting way to go out to just be like, this isn't for me when to me, um, I know, I think older people might disagree with me and I don't know how you feel. I'll ask you in a sec, but like, do you think the NIL era is all that different than before? No, I, I think it's just more out in the open and, um, more acceptable because you know some college students were getting this money all the time already, and, and now it's actually expanded. I think to to smaller sports and that stuff. So I, I think it's good. Um, other people might not agree with that, but I, I just don't think he saw it that way, and he probably soured on it. I mean, this this is an ASU based podcast. You yourself, you went to U of A, and you know of the most recent local example at least like all of the jokes about deandre ayton and how he got a hundred thousand dollars to attend the university and everything that happened with book richardson right like we know about examples of this where money has come into play before nil existed now that nil has existed i totally agree with you about just this prevalence in college as opposed to oh it's just now something we got to compete with right like these, the students were already getting full-ride scholarships, right? They were already getting that money waved away from them. I know it's not the same thing as getting a direct deposit, basically, from, you know, local car company or local, you know, shout-out Burrito Express or whatever. But <laughs> it, it sets, it's set up in a way that, yeah, there wasn't a lot of precedent and there isn't a ton of structure, but it should be something that's easily adjustable to, especially for somebody who's been in such a money-making business, like you said, the NFL, and I'm surprised that he just doesn't want to be a part of it. Yeah, and it's it's like not in touch with reality, right? Like I I the stories about the past that speak out to me are, for example, this is another Arizona example. So I'm sorry, Sun Devils. <laughs> um, but Mohamed Tangara was a center for the University of Arizona. I would 
guess, like late 2000s or mid 2000s. And he like lost a bunch of weight one summer and it turned out he was just sending all of the little money he got as a student athlete back to his family. Um, I don't remember what country they were from, but like you don't get a lot like in the old days. And no. And he was like literally starving himself to help his family. And the coaches finally realized this and tried to, to fix it. But like, and, and same thing with DA, like DA didn't grow up with a lot of money from the Bahamas, whether that's true about his money or not. Um, DeAndre, Ayton, like, I, I, I don't know, but if he did accept it, like that's life changing money. And, and do you think it's bad because you're, face of a, a high profile men's basketball team i don't so that that's the stuff that resonates more than complaining about how you know this is free agency and and by the way asu's student body is giant their alumni base is giant and i know it's not like ohio state or michigan or alabama mm-hmm. um and and the sports culture is just different out west here but still like you shouldn't be complaining about not being able to keep up with people and you should be finding solutions and you should be proactive and finding ways to do it without having a lot of money and maybe not the richest boosters. So I I just never took that seriously from them because look, and I think ASU fans would agree, like there are tons of alumni who want to give and they just obviously, as we've heard from guys like Chris Cartman, like they don't want to give under this leadership when they're not being, Yep. Um, giving confidence that the leadership will do anything with that funding. And we're going to touch on the piece that you put published for ArizonaSports.com earlier, the three key reasons as to why Anderson failed Arizona State Athletics. But I do want to give him the credit where credit's due because he did an excellent job uplifting the Olympic sports, which I know it doesn't grab headlines for athletics when it comes to, you know, across the nation, but the the baseball team, the softball team, the women's soccer team, uplifting yes. out of essentially nowhere. Uh, women's triathlon, which is now a seven-time national champion. Like, there's so much that he deserves credit for in terms of the Olympic sports that just gets overblown or that gets blown under the rug because of his lack of success with football and men's basketball. So I want to give him credit there, and I want to give him credit for what he was able to do to uplift the academic scores because i know that's something that really mattered to dr crow when he brought in ray anderson he wanted asu to be a university that was taken seriously while also meeting the success on on the field so kudos to him there but yeah there's a lot of bad that came with this ray anderson hire and i can just defer to you if you want and we can go uh one two three in order based off how you did your article so number one being uh the herm edwards hire yeah, um, I don't need to go too deep into that, and, and I'll ask you how you thought about his tenure. Um, I, I think the optics right now, obviously, are really bad because all these guys are doing well yes. um, who have left the program. Antonio Pierce falls into the Raiders' job. Now he's interim coach, 2-0. and Jaden Daniels, I don't know, uh, not following the Heisman race super close, but he's got to be top four or five, right? He's top five. He might have even leapt into top three after that game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, um, they had a couple assistants in Mike Norvell and Billy Napier who have had pretty good success and are now leading huge football programs at Florida State and Florida. Um, and 
like just the amount of success that they had under their noses and they just couldn't ID like, okay, maybe we should try to keep one of these guys. Maybe that's the direction we should go. Um, and, and they did go to Herm Edwards. And look, the Herm Edwards hire at the time, it was made fun of because of their terrible press release, right? And I yes. think it was easy to make fun of. There was very tech bro language in it. But he had success, and at some point, though, the, the flaws that people kind of saw where he just wasn't in touch with the college game, wasn't in touch with the college athletes, I think that's really what undid him. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, like, I don't know. You would have to talk to someone very intimate with the program about whether he knew about um, the recruiting stuff and, and what got them in trouble, whether it was lack of knowing or lack of caring or if he was legit cheating himself. But I, I would I would guess that it was a little more of the not knowing, but that that's part of the job, right? And that's the commitment you got to have. And that's the work ethic you have to have to be a micromanager in these these high profile jobs. And he just wasn't cut for it. And so, yeah, Ray can take the blame for that. It is one hire. Um, he might have hit on Kenny Dillingham. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when it's that, and then we can get into the second point after I ask you in a sec about basketball. But again, money making sports, the big ones, the marketing arm basically for your university were not successful. Um, just to ask you, like, what did, what did you think of Herm Edwards' tenure and like, the fault, I guess, lying because at some degree it's Herm Edwards' fault, but also it, it's Ray Anderson's fault for not holding his friend and, and and coworker accountable, right? Yeah. So I, if I recall correctly, that was Ray's first of the football hires because he inherited Todd Graham. That was a holdover from the prior regime that hired him. I can't remember who it was that hired at the time, but then Ray comes in and after the I want to say it was the five and seven season. There was the feeling of, okay, this is stumbling towards the end. And then I think they finished bowl eligible. Like they beat U of A that season. But I think at that point, everybody knew that it was, it was approaching the end. And there's some other stories that go with it in regards to Todd Graham, stuff that we've learned about now as a result of his tenure in Hawaii that led to that murky end. I think the worst thing that he could have done, though, was to make the hire that everybody expected him to make, which was basically to hire his best friend to do the job. And a guy that hadn't been a coach in like a decade at that point was when he was gone from Kansas City and then at ESPN and Herm Edwards. I And I get frustrated knowing about the in-house candidates like you mentioned that they had that they could have just promoted. And instead, they toiled with this pro model experiment and with what successes they did have there were far greater failures i mean the success of they beat michigan state in their non-conference games on the road it was a great win i remember that win vividly and then they yeah. petered out towards the end of the season and they only finished with six or seven wins it's like you got to have some sort of level of dominance if you're going to be that good early and then just falter late getting Jaden daniels and the recruiting successes that Antonio Pierce had had when he was put in charge of recruiting. And then we all know what happened as a result of that. And we're all still very, very bitter about it. At least ASU people. I don't know how U of A people feel. It was a very frustrating tenure because 
I expected so much more out of it, and we got pretty much nothing. We've got, I mean, you laid it all out. I don't need to go into it again, but essentially that five years brought ASU football nothing. If you want to look at the silver lining, now you have Dillingham and you have this awesome prospect in Jaden Rashada, who's probably going to be a big stud in the, when they're in the Big 12 next year. But the last few years of football have been absolute infut- or futility. It's been frustrating. I think it is the biggest thing was the recruiting, and that obviously stems from it, it kind of extends into the men's basketball program, too. It's like keeping talent, developing talent, right? Yeah. And we can parlay into that start, right now, actually, if you want. Yeah. But like it's as people start to filter out, it's you got to realize why are people filtering out? If it is NIL, don't go out there and say we're not getting up in arms races with people. Don't. Find an answer. Recruit the right guys. Um, I, I just think there are solutions instead of making excuses about it, and they, they didn't do that. And, yeah, I, I, you could see it coming when the recruiting um, started tanking. Um, obviously, losing your top you know, assistant coaches matters in that. Yes. Um, then it, it was just time to go, and, and they just held on for, you know, a few games plus Sean Aguano's, you know, interim tenure yeah the the football part of it unfortunately maybe it's for an upturn because you know we're riding the high of what kenny dillingham was able to accomplish against ucla on saturday and there's a lot of optimism there Jaden rashada has been back at practice or at least i'm hearing he's back at practice he was fully dressed on saturday too not that he was going to play but there's a lot of at least optimism around the direction of the program and, and now increased optimism since he stepped down um basketball you titled it as there wasn't enough support for bobby hurley yeah i just i just think that just talk about the arena to start like they've been discussing it since 2018 at least um look i get the pandemic happened financially like that probably has a lot of problems to it and there were logistics from like okay they wanted to build a new multi-purpose arena for hockey and basketball. And I think if I'm correct, it kind of changed and they couldn't pull it off. So they just made it for hockey. And it, it's just like, that's great. The hockey program's doing really well right now, but basketball is where you're on ESPN. You're on, you know, the, the big networks. Yeah. It's again, just a money issue. And, and if you can't support Bobby Hurley, I, I, think there's some blame there when it comes to well why does bobby why can't he retain talent why do people transfer out and he has to get transfers back in to to maintain a good team um i think facilities is one of those things and and then you just go down the line to that issue about that the booster who was harassing people around the program and ray anderson not doing enough and i i might be overblowing that situation um it, it was resolved. Hurley put out a statement and said they were good a while back. But that was just another, like, are you supporting someone who, regardless of what you think of Bobby Hurley, is a really important piece to your athletic department's success? And at the same time, whenever they've been close enough to success, it feels like, well, that would be the moment that you pounce on, you know, updating the facilities or updating the arena or trying to spend a few extra dollars to keep some of your better um, 
transfers around, right? Like, think about this class alone. They had three returning scholarship players for this year's roster. That's almost impossible to even fathom how you could put together a basketball team at that point. And maybe we saw flashes of that for the team against uh, Mississippi State last week. But it, it's it's impossible. I have to imagine that Bobby Hurley himself is struggling with the idea of having to restructure a roster every single year, especially now with NIL involved. And at the same time, he's not getting any help from the people that can prov- provide him the financial assistance to do so. I mean, now how it works, like, just make a rendering of what your locker room that you're working on and showing it to recruits and say, hey, this will be done in one year. Um, it's going to be super cool. We're putting money into the program. Like, that speaks to people, even even high school kids at this point. Yeah. And, and just doing the, that little thing and thinking ahead, and they've had, what, I, I mentioned 2018, five years talking about it and no results and just – you know, I, I might be wrong on it, and they just haven't promoted it. I'm, I'm sure they are working behind the scenes, but just inaction and, and not being proactive, I think, is kind of the theme here. I mean, look, I'll say it as a as a as a former student and as an alumni of that university, that arena, it it feels like it had been there for a while, and I remember even the days when they had to put up uh, poster plaster walls basically covering some up 3000 upper bowl seats because it was just it was too empty most of the time and i remember when the phase came when they started taking down those signs and then boom all of a sudden there's seats again and i mean i wonder at what point you're just gonna make it an improved facility because it's not just basketball there either and not just women's either you've got volleyball you've got wrestling like there's gymnastics as well there's multiple things happening at that arena and you drop this beautiful multi-purpose arena down the street that basically to me it's like a big middle finger to basketball i get it there was a big funding from uh a donor but still like basketball is your money maker in this in this scenario yeah and it'll be interesting to see how how Bobby does. Um, obviously this year they're going to have to patch it together with that team, but you know, I, I would be curious to see how he does, whether it's here, if he, he goes off somewhere else, I think he'd have to have a big season to get an upgraded job, but just if they bring in a new serious athletic director who on day one commits to, Hey, that's, that's number one priority, improving that arena or building a new one. I don't know if that's really plausible anymore, but just just finding solutions there, I think that's going to be have to have to be number one on that person's list because I think the football program right now at least has a little ground, a little foundation to work with. At the basis, you have a head coach that seems very motivated, is an alum, his claim that this is his dream job, and you've got this stud quarterback that, yeah, he's probably not going to take many more snaps this year, but he's shown flashes of what is to come if he is to be the face of this team moving forward. Uh, The last point that you made in your article, uh, the attitude towards NIL and transfer portal, and then doubling down on saying the change in tune coming too late. And that kind of encapsulates this whole conversation that we're having right now is that part of the reason why Anderson is stepping down is because of his attitude from day one about how NIL and transfer portal have created the college sports environment that we're in right now. 
Yeah, and we talked a bit about uh, the NIL and the transfer portal and stuff, um, but I just think it's super fascinating. Uh, really, the microcosm of this was just this year when I think it was Bickley and Murata had um, Michael Crow and Ray Anderson on, and or no, sorry, it was the Michael Broomhead show on KTAR, and and they were asking. Um, before the the Kenny Dillingham hire was made, okay, what about Deion Sanders? He was at Jacksonville State. And Michael Crow basically said, well, he's new to coaching. He's still learning how to be a head coach. Um, fast forward 13 months, and Anscape actually caught up with those two guys at the Colorado ASU game. And what are they doing but complimenting Deion Sanders, um, complimenting the hire, thinking outside the box, complimenting for bringing eyes to that program. Hmm. And it, it's just like, man, you guys apparently are getting it or you're just saying nice things. I don't know. But if you are getting it, it, it took way too long. And, and that's where just this whole thing comes down to. It took long to fire Herm Edwards and realize things were going wrong when their recruiting was going bad and the coaches were just dropping like flies. Um, it, it's taken too long on the arena, like I mentioned. It's taken too long to realize NIL. And the transfer portal are things you got to embrace. And that's just kind of, again, it, Michael Crow's involved in this too, to a heavy degree. Um, it took him too long to realize um, that Larry Scott was not good for the Pac-12 and his hmm. backing was not, was not helpful to this organization or this school really, or the Pac-12. So yeah, it's just, you know, I, I get people and in sports, especially it's important to commit to what you believe in and i appreciate that because there's not enough of that like it's always just like oh bad season fire someone but at some point you have to evaluate things as they're moving along and seeing how it's going over a couple of years and make changes and i just don't think uh, michael Corey anderson did well at that it's it's obviously going to be remembered as a tenure that's mired in incredible controversy frustration and at the end of it all, this massive allegations against the university that he kind of oversaw with his buddy. And that was that seemed like the final straw, at least for the fans, as far as they were concerned. There was there was a lot of great. And this is kind of in parallel with Larry Scott when he was commissioner of the Pac-12. There was a lot of great early. There was a lot of excitement and a, a massive big or a massive like, hey, this is now my thing when Larry was able to bring in Utah and Colorado, right? That was that was his massive big, hello, welcome, I'm the new commissioner. For Ray, it was everything he did for the Olympic sports and increasing the academic prowess within a calendar year. And then going out and getting Bobby Hurley to run the basketball program. Like, that was his big significant, that was his first significant hire. Everything after that has just been an abject disaster. And yes, I think they're on the right track in several of the sports. Like, I mean, heck, volleyball, for example, is looking better than it ever has in their first year with their new head coach. And of course, we all love what Kenny Dillingham's been able to do. And we love the energy that he's provided. But it's going to be a long road to get to where we're hopeful of ASU is to go. Really quickly, let's just wrap with this um, because I think there's a lot of pressure now on Michael Crow to get this hire correct. And I haven't done enough research as far as like candidates go. 
I know a name that's getting floated around in circles is uh, Arizona native Rocky Harris, who's serving currently on the Olympic and Paralympic Committee. But th- this is huge for Michael Crow, specifically in this instance of, I know you don't care about athletics, but your athletics are in this position because you didn't do a better job overseeing the man that was in charge of them. So if you don't want to oversee it, Find someone who will take a grand responsibility with this, put them in charge of it, and hopefully your athletics will grow. Because it's not going to help by the fact that you're going to be changing conferences next year, and you got to get off on the right foot, especially with a new man in charge. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, too, is, you, you know, Rocky Harris has intimate knowledge of ASU. That's great. Um there's probably something that going to the Big 12 will change things and, and just being out of college athletics um, for a little bit, you know, things have changed. So I'm very curious. I think you do have to go in the direction of just someone who has been in the game recently for a long time, who knows what they're doing. Um, even if that's a younger person at a, at a big school who is, you know, associate AD or whatever a title would be, um, I, I just think you need someone who understands the changing because it's changing so fast and who's ready to just jump in and be like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. I need to touch base with the people who support this the most, um, much like Kenny Dillingham. Like you, you got to find who has money, who cares about the program, and then build out and understand how that fits into the larger landscape of, you know, just college athletics and, again, the Big 12 right now. We're, of course, going to be watching it closely as it unfolds. We we don't anticipate it being a, a swift hire, but certainly something that will probably take place uh, sometime in 2024, if not a little bit sooner. Kevin, thanks so much for hopping on and taking some time out of your day to talk and react to this news. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Another edition of State of the Sun Devils is sure to come up later this week when we preview Oregon coming up this weekend for ASU. And, of course, another busy weekend for basketball and all the other uh, sports in Arizona State. Be sure to follow State of the Sun Devils on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and threads. Yes, we have threads. At AZ Sports Devils to get all of your latest Sun Devils content. And if you want your podcasts delivered to you in video form, sometimes... We'll do the videos on our YouTube channel, the Arizona Sports YouTube channel. But that's going to do it for this edition, an emergency pod edition. Ray Anderson resigning from his position at Arizona State. For Kevin Zimmerman, also to thank Jesse Morrison and Jeremy Schnell. I'm Mitch Veraldis saying so long, and we'll talk to you later this week.